Praise God. So I'm going to jump right into it. Um, we're still talking about at all costs. And today we're going to be focusing on evangelizing your children at all costs. Okay. So I'll start from Romans 12. I want to read verse 1, but I'm reading the message translation. It says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Because he knows that you will need help. Take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Every time I read this scripture, it reminds me that for God, offering is not just what you put in the basket. Offering is not just the songs you sing when you come out to worship. Offering is every single aspect of your life. God doesn't want to be shut out of anything. He wants to be a part of every single part of your life. So even down to what you put in your mouth, eating is an offering to God. If you make up your mind that you're going to take care of the temple, because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that's where God lives. That's what gives God, gives God the right to be on this earth, that he has human body to possess. So you're choosing to take care of your body is offering. So if you say you're not taking fizzy drinks anymore, you're exercising, it's all part of worship. Sometimes we think that we have to be in church to worship. Going to work and being the best at your job is worship. Standing out so that people can ask, what is it about you? All of us, they do the same work, but you always just have a way. That's worship. That's an offering to God. Anything that points people back to God is an offering. Your marriage... Your marriage should be an offering to God. It should be two of you partnering together to fulfill God's destiny on this earth. So this scripture also tells me that your parenting, your parenting should be worship to God. It's an offering to God. God is interested in your being the right kind of parent. And you know, we established last week that God is not just interested in what we say. Evangelism, your lifestyle evangelism is even louder than the words that you actually speak. So if you live a life that points people to God, it's much stronger than you just saying give your life to Christ. Anybody can say anything. But if I see your life and I see that there's something you have that I want, lifestyle and evangelism, why it's good is people come to you. You don't necessarily even go to them. That's what makes it so special. But God is more interested in the one that he can get something. How do I put it now? Let's read Malachi 2. I'll be able to explain it from there. Malachi 2 verse 15. So you know I said that marriage, your marriage, your marriage is an offering to God. Now God is not just interested in both of you living happily, enjoying each other, there's peace in your home. Yes, he wants that. He wants you to be happy in marriage. He wants people to see that marriage can work when he's involved. But that's not all he's interested in. Malachi 2 verse 15 says, God, not you, made marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. And what does he want from marriage? Children of God, that's what. So God wants godly seed. King James Version says that's what he wants. He wants godly seed. So God doesn't just want you to be happy in your marriage and to have fun and have sex and do all the vacations and you are just you finish each other's sentences, you look into each other's goosebumps, all those things. That's good for you. And God is happy that that's good for you. But he wants godly seed. And the functional word there is not seed, it's godly. Because anybody can have seed. 
God wants godly seed. And for you to give him godly seed, anything, if you want something to be godly, it has to be born of God. If you are a Nigerian, what makes you a Nigerian? The fact that you are born by Nigerians. That's what makes you a Nigerian. So it's the same way, if God wants godly seed, what he's telling you is that he wants your children to be born again. To be born of him. What does it mean to be born again? Jesus was doing a lot of miracles. Nicodemus went to him. And Nicodemus was a teacher of the law. So obviously, he had studied the law for many years. And he went to Jesus and said, nobody can do the things you are doing, sir, if God is not with you. And Jesus said to him, that's really the problem with you human beings. You're always looking at what people do. He said, it's not about doing. It's about being. He said, except a man be. He cannot see. Talk less of do. So he was saying that you were born by your natural parents the first time. It didn't help you. If you are going to do the kind of things you are supposed to do, then you have to be reborn. So when God says he wants godly seed, he wants your children to be born again. Listen, being born again doesn't change your behavior. It changes your nature. What changes your behavior is you're renewing your mind. That's what the Bible says. So you not take the Bible and see, oh, this is how people who are Christians behave. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do... But your nature is what really changes. You are no longer a normal human being. You are now a God being. So God does not just want you to have children that are natural. He wants you to have God beings. That's what he wants. So God is not just interested in you having fun and all that. God wants you to have children who are Christ-like. You know, I watched this thing, and it kind of subdued me. I was maybe more energetic in first and second service. First service. Okay, this is my second service. I was a bit more energetic this morning when I saw that thing. I don't even that drama. I don't think he ended well. I don't think he ended well. Because like I say, you get stubborn friend. You say, wait for me. She would have gone. Is that place, as she picks the phone, you just tell her, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Then you say, no worry. As you don't born again, now they can't explain what you do. There's an urgency to these things. We're just laughing. I was telling Pastor Chiki at the back. I said, now this hair fire, we take left hand. You know, hair fire is not a, yeah, you don't try air, come. Come and drink water. That's not what it is. And you see, Satan is wicked already. How many people know Satan is wicked? Are you people looking at me like you don't know? You don't know Satan is wicked? You know he's wicked, Abby? Then imagine... When is he hell? You know, he's not in hell to supervise, so he's with under punishment. So imagine person where body they bite, and you are near him, you are doing out. And then let people say that you were coming to church all the while. It's eating just the entire soul. He go beat you extra. So we're playing with these things. Do you know that no matter how cute your children are, if they do not accept the Lord Jesus Christ, they will go to hell. Oh, I know you don't want to hear that this morning. I've come with my wallaby. But it's the truth. No matter how charming, no matter how handsome is my handsome young lad, <laughs> he's a handsome young hair fire somebody. <laughs> if your children are not born again, the born again is not for adults, though. Once they have reached, what's that, age? the age of accountability, thank you. Once they have reached that age, they have to know God for themselves. Unfortunately, salvation is not hereditary. Everybody has to have a personal encounter with God. Personal. 
and believe in their heart that Jesus died for them and that he rose for them, then they will now say that they accept him. It is not, these things that I was saying, no, we took a whole month to see this is because it's not a joke. I need you to understand the gravity of what has been entrusted to you. God gave you children and he feels this is the easiest way to evangelize these children. Give them to Christians. They will produce after their kind. Easy. But because we are human beings, we must cut it. We must cut it. Now, let me say this though. It may never be your personal responsibility to preach to your children like this. Or rather, let me not put it that way. It may, your children may never get born again through you. But it is your responsibility to pray for them that at least the Lord sends laborers along their path so that they will encounter somebody or an opportunity that will cause them to give their hearts to Jesus. It may not be you that when you preach them, they will say, because I know after I said this thing now, some mothers will just go home. Come here, kneel down. Say after me, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come into my come to my. See, let me tell you, if he does not believe in his heart, you have wasted everybody's time. So your job is to make sure that you, you, you pray for them and then you prepare them. There's a way you will prepare somebody. They will now be ripe for the picking. So your job and your responsibility as a parent is to prepare your children. So how do you do that? Because I can't just put this on you and not tell you how to do it. Number one, the first way to evangelize your children is to marry well. Number one. If you marry rubbish, people should not be angry. Because I know some people say, what kind of, what kind of church is this? The pastor just says anything. Can she call somebody rubbish? Like, I don't. When you marry rubbish, you will know that that's the only way to describe it. Because I'm thinking of the way, as in, I'm a counselor. So I, know, I don't read my DMs anymore. And it's on purpose. Because the things that I see there, I kind of want to help my mental health. Yeah. There are some things that people marry hmm? that their life never remains the same. Except they are strong enough to log out or walk away. Now, if you marry this thing that I call rubbish, because I don't know how else to describe it, so for, permit me. You have already given your, if your children at 50% risk of not accepting Jesus because you produce after your kind. If you plant mango, what fruit will come out? If you plant banana tree, what fruit will come out? So why do you want to marry nonsense and not give birth to nonsense? It's only human beings. So. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm sent to him. When I pray, I know I will change him. <laughs> you would have not been able to change yourself. You have not changed yourself since you have known yourself. Don't you see how bad behavior you have not changed? Then you want to change another human being. You can never be responsible for another person's changes. I don't even know if that's English. Changes. Just enter. Anything. Just enter as far as the word is preached. Let me tell you something. God is counting on you. You know, at one point, my husband wanted to start breeding dogs. I've gone through a lot in this marriage. <laughs> so... He now bought two South African barbels and then bought lassas. So at some point, there were like 28 dogs in my house at the same time. And this is for somebody who doesn't like dogs. So I've gone through a lot. I'm just saying. And 
I found out that the dogs that were pure breed were sold higher than the ones that were missed. The one that is Alsatian and a cookie. They now miss it. They now say, what is this? Alsatian. That one is different from Alsatian, from German Shepherd, that the mama, this is her name, this is where they brought her from Germany, this is, they can trace it down. It's different. God is counting on you to produce pure breeds. So all this, you marry unbeliever, join with yourself, and you are hoping it to turn out well. Why? Why? Those days you could tell when they bring, we had the female dog, when they bring the male, Pastor Kyo say, no, it's not this type. I don't want this one. Because you can tell what can possibly come out of these two. So if you really want to evangelize your children, you need to put aside selfishness. Oh, but I love him. Put that aside. Put it aside. You marry a man who, who does not believe in God. He does not believe in church. Church is in the heart. And that thing makes me laugh because if it is this your heart that is wicked like this that they want to put church, what hope is there? If you want your children to be born again, marry a born again Christian who is genuine, who loves the Lord. If you want your children to be hardworking, marry someone like you who is hardworking. You don't marry a lazy man who sits at home all the time and you say your son should be hardworking. How? How? Children learn more by what they see than what they hear. Your children may be acting like they are not seeing you or they are not hearing. I can guarantee you that they are seeing you. Even children, I was telling them first service, I used to be in children's church, my former church where I got married. And my children were as young as three, my class was three to five years old. Three to five years old are supposed to be small children that don't know do anything. We have them to buckle you, we have them to do everything. When they come to church, all of your matter is in children's church. I'm telling you, there's one particular boy, every Sunday used to give us this too. That's how, auntie, auntie, that's how, I'll be teaching something else. David, so David took the stone and, and slew Goliath. You just hear, auntie, that's how my mommy now give my daddy blow. My daddy now give my mommy power driver. My mommy now land on the fridge. I'm like, what? What? And this boy was bullying girls in class. Why? Because daddy gave mommy power driver. So what will he give? Even not power driver to he give? Flying whistling. That's it. Flying drop kick. He was doing all kinds of things. So, the, the spouse you want to marry, the wife or the husband, is this the, if, if your children get to choose to resemble the person you marry, can you really Say you see my other person. Because sometimes we're so emotional. Oh, I love him. What's, what's, I, I did not say, what's love got to do with this? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I wasn't born born again. First step to evangelize, evangelizing your children is to marry right. Marry someone who has the same values as you. Marry someone who loves God like you. Marry someone that when you want to pray, he will pray with you. You can hold hands and pray. Your children will see it. And they will just know. You don't need to tell them. They'll just know this is how we behave in our family. Sunday morning, we get up and we go to church. Not, you come here, drop them, sir, and drive off. When you're not finished, when I come here, I come pick you now. 
And that's to you. And that's to you is achievement. You feel that you have, you have achieved something. At least I left the house this morning to drop them. How about coming into church so that your child can see that church is not just for women? How about that? So don't think only about yourself when you're getting married. Your mind an unbeliever. Oh, because you say, oh, I love him. You're not even thinking that he's going to hell. How is that not a concern of yours? So first step, let me rush, I don't even have time. First step is choose who you marry. And to show you how important it is, take me to Genesis 24. When God wanted to start with Abraham, God, Abraham knew that the whole Christianity thing was eventually going to rest on him. So he knew that he couldn't take chances. So see what happened. So Abraham, verse 2, he said, Abraham was about to die in verse 1, and he said, so Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, he said, please put your hand under my thigh. And I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. He made him swear by God. That's how important marriage was in the grand scheme of things. He knew that if his son married rubbish, we will not be here today. Because she will pull him away from serving God. You say, oh, uh, I can't do without her. Really? Really? All the bad cast in this world is inside her, but you want to marry her. She doesn't know the Lord. She doesn't, love, she doesn't listen to anybody. You want, then you now have children that say they are stubborn. The Bible says do not be unequally yoked. Let me tell you, most of the time, 99% of the problems we are solving in church, it is from, from home. What they did not repair at home is what we are repairing in church. Half the time, when you talk to a guy, a guy that is selfish, spoiled, rude, is that they don't beat him, they don't talk to him at home. Oh, leave him, is the last born. Leave him, is this. Let me tell you, I was telling them on the mainland, it's not only parents that train children, no. You must create a culture in your home that we train each other, we help each other to be better. We all live by the standards of... When I was growing up, eh, my sister, my eldest sister, I think she even trained me more than my mother. And that's a, that's a loss. She would just come out. Come out, slap you. Huh? I know say you will offend me. I'll slap you down. So if somebody wants to slap you down for what you have not done, will you now do something? Pastor K is the last one. He told me story, many stories when he was growing up. He's the last born of five boys. He said when he went to his mom, he said, no, you put, and they used to go and fetch water because they didn't have boreholes. He said they would carry buckets. Everyone knows go and fetch water. And the mother would say, no, you put should make not go. Leave Kingsley. Kingsley will not go with you people. He's a baby. He's very small. They say, no, they're small buckets. Come on, carry buckets. They move. <laughs> and he will carry his bucket and follow them. Training. Most of the things we are undoing today, most of the problems that women have is women that cost it. We will not train our sons. We will use training to kill our daughters. Then we will now release those untrained sons to daughters we have trained. Train your sons. A man that washes plate is not less than... You are a human being. You use the plate. Wash it. If you can cook, you will not die. Turning gas is not air fire. So when you born again, I'll say, 
just say, you, go and sweep, you. See how you are serving your brothers. Won't you put it on tray? How will you serve your husband? Then me. We'll serve the boys first. Then when, if, if me to remain, now girl, rubbish. Absolute rubbish. And those things, we're, we're, we're moving it forward. Marry well. Marry well. If, you, if, you, if your marriage is broken, you are stressing your children now because they have to fight that battle too. Marry well. And I know sometimes, you don't plan, I mean, nobody plans to be broken up. I know that. Nobody plans it. It just happens sometimes. But some other people, some people I know them, when they come for counsel, I tell them, this thing is not good. The Bible says it's not, it's not good for a man to be alone, but this man, is good for him to be alone. We should not, we should not move forward this thing. He's, he's, this is bad behavior. We should not reproduce it. If I talk now, they say percent to talk. Number two, if you want to evangelize your children, I'm telling you, and women are guilty of this thing, don't marry rubbish. Think of your children. I even hear people say things as much as, you are AS, and you want to marry is AS, and you are coming to me to tell me nonsense. That you have faith. What faith? That you have not used to change your genotype. You want to, because you are, because you are wicked. You know that you are not the one that will have crisis. You know you are not the one that will be SS. The children can go to hell as fast. You are happy. He makes me happy. I've not found anybody I connect with. Connect what? To have SS children that will suffer. They will come to me and say, you have faith. What faith? You have faith. Then you know you use the faith. Get AA. You should not, okay, you now didn't get AA. Can't you use the, the faith to change your genotype to AA? You want to use your faith for an unborn child who was not a part of this nonsense. People are just wicked and selfish. And we need to stop it. I know they will come now. Say, where is the place of faith in all of this? Are you not a faith preacher? I'm also a sense preacher. Have sense. Number two, if you are going to evangelize, evangelize your children, you have to parent as a team. Are there men in the house this morning? Men, are you in the house this morning? Whether you answer, I know answer, I will sit there and I will tell you. Parenting is not for women. Men, I need you to say that. Parenting is not for women alone. Say it again. Good, clap for yourself. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> Listen, too many children, too many children think that their only parent is their mother. Because if anything happens, you don't tell your mommy. Have you gone to your mommy? Follow your mommy, follow your mommy. Small noise that they will make. Children make noise. It's part of it. Children scatter. When they scatter, we now teach them how to repair. But that scatter, they must scatter because that's how they explore. That's how they learn. Any small thing, take them away from here. I don't want What is it? Meanwhile, when we were having sex, you did not know that you were walking. So what part of this parenting journey are you going to be a part of? Bele Nami Karyam. Picking, Nami Pusham. Hospital, Nami Day. Immunization, I'm there alone. How many times do you go for immunization and see men? Only me, I'm there immunizing. PCF, I'm the one. Uh, visiting Sunday, it's me. University uh, matric, it's me. When graduation, <coughs> it's my son. My son. Listen, 
if we are going to have balanced children, we need both mother and father to be present. And that's the way God wanted it from the very beginning. In fact, God put the responsibility of parenting on the man first. Because the man is the head. Let me prove it to you. Genesis 18, 19. He was talking to, to Abraham. He was talking about Abraham. He said, for I have chosen him. Did he say I have chosen her? He said, I have chosen him. Meaning the man. I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him. Not after another person. Don't follow me. Go to your church and be behaving like your pastor. Don't follow me. Sir, sir, shame. Shame. Let small shame catch you. Because you are the head of that home. And you are the first priest of that home. And you are the first priest your children should encounter. Your child comes to you. Daddy, my head is paining me. First thing you do. Go and miss your mommy. Oh, check that side. Draw that drawer out. be like, say, how about you put your hand on that head? And say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. So when we tell people that God is a healer, they don't believe. Because when they go home, Daddy, you say, just, you don't go to hospital. You don't, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hospitals, of course. But I'm saying that the supernatural life must first be transferred by you, Daddy. Daddy. He said, train him after him, which means that there's a way you are living. Your lifestyle is the loudest form of evangelism for your children. You can't tell them that they should follow their mommy to church and you balance at home, sir. Now Sunday, then they, then they play match now. Why then they go to church on Sunday, Say this Sunday? Who now self know they calculate something where? <laughs> the things we see, the things I hear sometimes, my heart is so broken. Women are mothers and fathers. Women, there are a lot of single mothers. Listen, they are married. God will bless you. They are married though. Their husband is in the house with them. They are single mothers. Their husband self now picking join. She's praying for her children. She's praying for you. She's feeding her children. She's feeding you. She's making money. She shares pocket money for them. She will share for you. Are you, are, are you invalid? What happened? The resources they used to make you, is it not wasted like this? You cannot say you are a Christian and have all of the, the power of God available to you. Listen, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He says it's at work in you. It can quicken your mortal body. Even if you are lazy, that power can quicken it. Being hardworking is not gender sensitive. It's not only women they made it for. Your, your wife will say something, you will scatter it. Let's pray. See, this prayer time is not working for me. You should be thinking about, what was that? Okay. I, I shall agree we should pray. Pastor M said we should pray. Let me up because tomorrow night people will say we are not doing our part. Let us pray. Oh yeah? Daddy pray. No, you people should pray. I'm here. <laughs> Take the lead. You are a team. Your children need to see that united front. Especially for the boys. We have a lot of broken and damaged boys in church because they are not seeing their fathers submitted to God. They are not seeing their fathers bowing down in worship to a great God. They are worshiping like this. God does stand. You are just looking at Yare. Why is this boy they jump like this? They are not telling us, say men, no, they do like this. You are a team. 
you are a team. You come into church together. Drop your children in children's church. Drop them, meet me. What's that? Let the children see that these things are important. You are together. Read the Bible with them. Read the Bible with them. Not, hey, you are going to church, Abby. Mm, good, good. Before you go, come, go downstairs. Tell Cletus to give you two bottles of beer there. Drop it for me then. Follow your mother. Follow your mother. To what, what, what? And you think that that child will grow up and do what you say? Aunties, I'm here for you too. The ones that you wear, those skirts that you wear. And then when your child starts wearing it 10 years later, because the child don't cram and it has been impressed here. Yeah. They are naked. Mommy, you are naked though. Then tomorrow, you now start tying your scarf and you now say, I don't know what's wrong with this child. It's been imprinted. And greater works shall they do. It's scripture. I'm not swearing for you. So whatever you don't want to see, make sure you are not putting it out there. I'm not saying any one of us is perfect, but let us be intentional about raising our children. That even takes years. That's the third thing. Be intentional. If you're going to evangelize your children, you have to be intentional. You have to have a parenting plan. In my house, everybody knows that mommy is the do everything you're supposed to do at the right time. Daddy is the let's play. But the day daddy now gets angry. Uh, daddy doesn't talk two times. You just came. Come out. And I will just disappear. <laughs> because I've been telling you this. Do the right thing at the right time. We want our children to know the Lord for themselves. We don't want it to be religion. So if you notice things like, they just say, oh, children are getting baptized. I believe that my children will encounter Christ for themselves. It's not, they are nine years old, they are let them do baptism. They are this thing, oh, yeah, let them do, they are friends. No, no. I'm keeping an eye out for them. I'm very intentional about raising my children the Christian way. Have a plan. Have that conversation. Do you want to raise Christians? Then you need to be a Christian yourself. It's as simple as that. No two ways about it. If you want your children to have integrity, you have to have integrity. You cannot come to church and they say, we are fasting. You say, woohoo, praise God. Oh, fast, hallelujah. All this one. They will send chats in the chat room. Are we fasting? Yes. They will say, oh, prayer at 12 o'clock. They put Zoom. You, you remove your picture. You are washing plates. You are not even praying. They just do something. You just type amen. If I don't type amen, they just do that smiley. And, just do it. and your children are watching you. They are watching you. They declare fast. You say you are fasting. You go home. We are fasting. No, then you turn around and make a bath for daddy. No. 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 You have to be intentional about putting the right picture in front of your children. Very intentional. Spend time with them. Spend time. Keep an eye on their friends. All those. Just go. Just go. I can't, I can't for the life of me understand. There are sometimes when I see some children, they're just trekking like this on the road. Just, I'm wondering, are your parents at home? That question our parents used to ask. It's still valid today. Are your parents at home? It's a rhetorical question. Not really a question. It's the next thing after that is insult. But are your parents at home? Find out your children's friends. Get to know them. Don't, I say that, but I didn't like him. Don't follow him again. They will pass back and follow them. Find out. I'm not saying, be, I'm not necessarily saying be their friend, but be friendly with them. Because you must still be a parent. All this say, uh, and my children friend. Me, I don't understand it too. Not their friend. We are friendly. Because the time I won't brush you, I will feel brush you because I'm not your friend. Uh-huh. So find out what they are doing. Watch what they are watching. Oh, 
I keep telling parents, YouTube is not here to evangelize your children, no. YouTube is not, they are not in covenant with you. They don't have conversation with you about anything. YouTube, no. I still remember my, my first daughter as a child. And you know, we don't even understand that the things we watch. Ah, Satan, went, Satan has been light years ahead of us. When we were still saying don't watch TV, he, was, he had already taken over the media. So we have some catching up to do. So my, my first daughter, when she was younger, me, I grew up on cartoon. I grew up on cartoon, I grew up on television. I can't lie. I watch television, I watch film, I watch television. Sexy mystery, all those things was my MO. So when it was time now, my 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 first daughter and I said, Okay, I have to find I want I wanted to find a character that she could which was a big mistake. A character that she could grow around. Like we always say, What's your favorite character? All those things. <laughs> so I said she's a tomboy. So I didn't want her growing up with any of these Disney princesses that don't have sense. Because when I look at it, they, they really do not have sense and they do not give us sense. You are looking at me. You don't know. Okay. Rapunzel. Let down your hair. That's why you are looking for money to buy bone straight. Oh, you don't know. Because you think that if you have the right hair, a man will come and rescue you. Okay. Cinderella. They are suffering you in your house. So you are looking for Prince Charming to come and rescue you. Am I lying? Why do you really want to get married? It's not because your mother is stopping you in the house. You don't want to wash plates. You don't want to rest. That's it. Check your heart. <laughs> sleeping beauty. Please, please, please. I want to relax and be taken care of. That's sleeping beauty. All these things, they form mindset we don't even know about. So I now said, okay, I don't want any of those ones. So all my daughters have sense. So at that period now, Sophia the first came out. That was their new character. That the guy said, okay, ah, this one looks like she has sense. She's hardworking. She's, be- she's behaving. She teaches virtues and all kinds of things. So I started. I bought Sophia the first bag. Sophia the best first t-shirt, cloth, bed sheets, everything. So, well, Sophia the first. I bought CDs, everything. What's her favorite character? Funny enough, now we they create the character we they like. Oh. What's her favorite character? Oh, it's Sophia the first. Oh, it's Sophia the first. One day, I was doing something. I had my daughter. Passing by me, I want to be a good little witch, something, something. I say, witch. Where? I said, no, yeah. She passed me again. I want to be, not I'm going, I want to be a good little I say, ah. I knock out, I say, Tata, why are you saying witch? Where do you get that? She says, Sophia the first. I say, it's not possible. She said, Come. <laughs> I followed my daughter, I sat down. I now watched this episode where one girl, one of Sophia's friends, the mother was a witch, a bad witch. And her mother would do bad things, she would do good things. So, in the process, her mom was angry with her. And Sophia was telling her that she can be anything you want to be. So she said she wants to be a good little witch. That's where they started singing that song. So my daughter said, I want to be a good little witch. I said, I'm a pastor. <laughs> you want to be a good little witch, Bitibao? How? Where? In which house? <laughs> I said, Sophia the first. Sophia the second, Sophia the last. I don't want to see anything in this house, Sophia, again. Let me tell you, even this homosexuality, you see, you are not exposing your children to it. There are a lot of cartoons. A lot. A lot. So you need to be intentional about what they are watching, what they are exposed to. A two-year-old should not have YouTube. What for? Not even YouTube kids. YouTube. That they do suggestions. Then you see your baby now be doing shaky bum bum bum, shaky bum bum. 
They've suggested shaky bumbo and the child does not know it. You just press the team. And you see what they are doing. That's what they are doing. Be intentional about parenting your children. Look at Ephesians 6 4. Because some people will say, Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Listen, I've told you, they watch you. They watch you. Even Apostle Paul said, Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You must be imitating Christ if you want them to imitate something good. Ephesians 6 4 says, says what? What's the first word there? So you see, it's not me that is harassing you people today. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment. Please don't make them hate church. Don't make them hate Christianity. Don't make, make, it, make, it, make it something that they want. Make it, make it something that they, they see how, how special it is to you. They want to be a part of it. Don't use church as punishment. Oh. Don't use church as punishment. Don't use prayer as punishment. It's as if your head is not correct. Stand there and pray. Just be praying. Be praying. That's not how to punish a child. That's not how to discipline a child. They will associate it with bad things. It says, but rear them tenderly in the training, discipline, counsel, and admonition of the Lord. If you don't know what to do, do those four things. Train your children. Show them this is how to go, then watch them do it. Um, discipline them when they are wrong. You see all these things that social media is doing. Uh, don't flog your children. The new one is don't tell them no. That it affects their self-esteem. When you tell children no. Negativity. The first day I heard that thing, eh, I would just say no everywhere. If they just passed me, I would just say no. Mommy, no. Mommy, I'll tell you to say good morning. No. I'm not stressed. That your self-esteem go correct. These people that are telling you about these things, oh, you should not flog a child. The Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. The Bible says, foolishness abounds in the heart of a child. And the rod of correction, not the rod of wickedness, the rod of correction, we drive it far. Do you want it to be around the vicinity? When you counsel, it's still around the vicinity. When you flog it out, it is far. Who don't like the truth? Who gave you child? Who created the heart in the child? Who is telling you what's in the heart? Who is telling you how to drive it out? And you arguing? You arguing? People that have not made button finish. Now human being, they are telling you. I heard somebody the other day. Uh, children should never associate your hand with pain. I said, what are you? What are you people always talking about? My mother flogged me, but I did not associate her hand with pain. She flogged me and hugged me after. I was never in doubt that my mother loved me. Never. If you are a Christian, and that's what you should be, you should be raising kingdom-minded children. You should establish that it is the word we used to train them. It's manual. God has given you manual. Don't think. Use your thinking for another thing. Don't think. God has said this is the way to do it. Do it that way. Don't be arguing. So discipline your children is your responsibility. I hope you know that God... God Punished Eli. Not for any other reason, but because he did not train his sons. He didn't discipline them when they were doing bad things. Eli was a good prophet. He didn't steal. He didn't cheat. He didn't womanize. He was a good prophet. He was teaching the word. He was the one. Was not the one that prayed for Anna. So his words didn't even used to fall to the ground. So he would prophesy, God answer you. And God answer her. She even brought the son to come and replace him. He was there. He saw his sons had missed it and did nothing about it. God said, for this reason, 
I don't understand how I read it. For this reason is why I want to punish you. David Unko, his son raped his, his uh, half-sister. The Bible says he did nothing about it. That's what caused the problem in their family, oh. Not Bathsheba. Because some people think, oh, you sin, sin of which kind of sin of Bathsheba? God gave him Solomon and moved on quickly. It was the fact that he did not correct. So don't, that's not disciplining your children. God is seeing you, oh. I don't want her to cry. You better let them cry so that you will not cry in future. That cry must happen. So it's better they cry as children so that they will not cry as adults. So be intentional. And start early. Start early. Start training your children early. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. Child, child. We, we always want to train adults. You do not train them as children. It's when they want to marry, you not be putting foot down. You cannot marry. Did you train them from small that there, there's a certain people where it's people. We don't marry after, outside our kind. You didn't train them. You didn't train them that prayer is important. It's now in the old adulthood in university. You are not calling them. We will be having a prayer altar, family altar in this house every five o'clock. They go sleep for you. Nothing they happen. Train up a child because he can still grow. Adult is formed. There's nothing you can do. It's a little too late. So start early. Let them start praying from that stage. Introduce fasting, introduce communion, things like that. In my house, every Friday is communion. My son doesn't understand it though. When we bring the, the bread and ribina, he says, Mommy, please, can I have another ribina? I say, It's the blood of Jesus. He says, It's sweet. <laughs> he doesn't understand it yet, but I have started dropping seeds. His older ones understand it. They understand that, oh, we can take communion when we're sick. Do you understand that? We can't, and we, when it was Easter, we took the time. This is what happened on Monday, Thursday. Jesus established communion. We take the time. Teach them. If they can learn song, if they can learn ABCD, your child can learn the Bible. Be intentional and start quickly. They are not too young. Even babies, start playing worship music around them. Finally. And I'll close with this. Genesis 6.18. Genesis 6.18. God is not just interested in you being saved. When, in 2005, when I joined DCC, one of the assignments God gave me was to start children's church here. They didn't have a children's church, so I started children's church. And then when we wanted to start the church, I was asking God for the name. What were we going to call it? And I remember having this conversation with God where God was telling me that the only reason why the church has not gone extinct is because there's a preserved generation that still knows God. So they pass it down. And so when I heard that thing, I knew the name of the church would be preserved generation. But it kind of, it occurred to me that really, you know, the reason why we still have a church is that people kept passing it down. I know God, I pass it to my children. You know God, you pass it to your children. We know like that we keep passing it down from generation to generation. That's how we, that's how we retain Christianity. It could have gone extinct if nobody talked. Do you know that the reason, the only reason why the Jews became slaves at some point was that someone broke the chain? The Bible tells us how Joseph even got to Egypt. He got there and then he saved the people of the, the, the Egyptians and then they put him in charge. And his people came. And they put a law at that time that these people are special people. They gave them Goshen, they take care of them. But the Bible says, but then one day, 
a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph arose. And it was that Pharaoh that put them in bondage. So this, you think, have you not seen churches being sold as nightclubs? If can churches literally empty if there's no passing it down to the next generation? That's why you can't keep your children at home. Bring them to church. You can't keep your teenagers at home. They're doing Camp David now. Go and register them. Those children go there and their lives never remain the same. Never. God could have stopped with Noah. He said to Noah, give me that scripture. Let me read it and let me close. He said to Noah, I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. He says, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. God is always interested in legacy. Always. He's not interested in just you being saved. He wants your children and your children's children. So how do we ensure this happens? Deuteronomy 6. See what God said here. He said, these are the commands and decrees and the laws that your Lord directed me to teach you. Give me verse 2. So that God gave them commandments for what reason? One, so that your children, you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as they live. That's what God is after. He wants legacy. How are we going to achieve that? Give me verse 6, I think. Verse 6. It says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your heart. First, you must live the life. Secondly, verse 7. Then it says, impress them on your children. Not just press. Impress. Meaning that you leave a mark. You know there's press and there's impress. There's a way they will slap you and hand is impressed. You will know you have been slapped. Others will know too that you have been slapped. So there's a clear difference between press and impressed. That's it. It says impress it on your children. Let it be inside them. Talk about them when you sit at home. When you walk along the road. When you lie down. When you get up. That's why I started from where I started in Romans 12. That everything you do is a way to evangelize your children. Everything. The way we eat. The way we treat other people. The way we talk in this house. The way we sleep. The way we are kind. Everything. The way we walk in love. Everything single thing. God expects that you use everything you have to evangelize your children. To make sure that you don't just make it to heaven, but you take all your children with you. Were you blessed this morning? I want you to rise to your feet and let's just say a quick prayer this morning. But before I pray, I know that there's somebody in this house that even you, I'm talking about evangelizing your children, even you, you have not evangelized. Let me help you. I know you're here and you want a relationship with God. Listen, your life will never remain the same in a good way. We've, I made decisions when, I can't remember how many years ago, a lot of years ago, Sha. And my life has never remained the same. It changed my nature. I know I'm not an ordinary person. I walk about with the consciousness that I am favored of God, that God is backing me up. That's why I do talk any they do any because I have a God that backs me up. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I know that my life will turn out well. You can't offend me and go scoffing and somebody fighting for me. You can't gossip about me. You know, you don't bother me. My life is planned out, mapped out, and everything works together for my good. Why? Because I have a God that I've submitted my life to. And I'm just a, like a baby girl for life. I'm just there. He's just taking care of me. Don't you want that relationship? Why do you want to suffer? I want to give you that chance this morning. Just raise your right hand and let's pray. There's nothing to be ashamed of, so I'm not going to tell anybody to close their eyes. God is counting on you. Take a bolder step and come out. Let me just pray with you this morning. Just come and stand with me. Let's pray together. So that we can now pray for your children. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. I need you to be bold and come out this morning. Take that bold step. He says, if you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you in the presence of my Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I saw more hands than that. I saw more hands than that. Take that bold step and come out. Don't be ashamed this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm so excited for you. You have no idea what God is going to do with your life. Put your hand on your chest. And let's say this quick prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died for me and that you rose up for me and you paid the price for my sin. Today, I am now a child of God. I am born again. I receive the grace to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise God. You're now born again. As simple as that. Welcome to this family. So please just follow this lady as she will talk to you for a few minutes. Come on, church. I know you can do better than that. Let's echo what's happening in heaven right now. Now, for the rest of us, I just want to lift our hands to heaven. I want us to pray for our children. Both the children you have now that are born and those that are yet unborn. Listen, you are a spirit being, which means that you can control what happens in the spirit. Even when your children are not born, you can decide for them. So our prayer this morning, you're going to declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You're going to declare that your children are sacrificed to the Lord. They are an offering to the Lord, burnt offering to the Lord. They will serve no other God. I want you to declare that I and my children, whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and wonders. Open your mouth this morning and begin to pray for your children. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412. Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.